for over a year now, I had been preaching through the book of Acts. And it was a long journey, but it was, I think, a fruitful journey. One reason why I chose to preach through the book of Acts is because the, the book of Acts is the actions of the disciples after Jesus left earth. He left his disciples in church in charge to start the church, to form the church. But really, they needed the Holy Spirit to empower them to live a godly life and to do the things that God would want them to do. And we saw that through um, Peter and, and James and some of those early disciples who, who uh, saw Jesus after he had rose from the dead, and they really poured their lives into the church. But then we saw Paul, who was once Saul, who was trying to kill the Christians, and yet God radically transformed his life so that after wanting to kill Christians, he became one himself and then did these missionary journeys throughout the Mediterranean and ended up in Rome. And last week, we finished the book of Acts where Paul settled in Rome under house arrest um, but was able to preach the gospel until we believe that Paul... um, his life ended there in Rome. That whole book, seeing how God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, led Paul, made me um, wonder about, hey, we know as Christians that God is an eternal God and that the, fa- the Father uh, and, and, and the Son and the Spirit are one triune God. And we saw how the Holy Spirit was moving through the book of Acts. And I wondered about how can we see the Spirit of God move in the Old Testament, in the old, not just in the New Testament, but in the Old Testament. And I remembered in my Bible college days when I was studying, I took a course and it was called Wisdom Literature, Wisdom Literature. And so this would be the Psalms and the Proverbs. This is like more of your poetic Old Testament. So it sounds like a poem in, in the Old Testament your poetic literature, and and within that class, I remember learning that the Holy Spirit is personified in terms of wisdom. You might be like, what does that mean, Pastor? Personified in the terms of wisdom. Well, that means this, that whenever you hear throughout the book of Proverbs this term wisdom, you can see how the Holy Spirit is the one who they are talking about. Now, it might sound like a stretch to some of you, but I'm going to show you today that as we read about this understanding of wisdom, how we need the Holy Spirit, that is the Spirit of God, that is the third member of the Trinity. So so just to make this clear, I want to make it clear. Father God sends his son to be born of a virgin in a manger, Christmas. We're going to be celebrating that in the next few months. My kids are already looking forward to it already. Can you believe it, right? So that's Jesus coming into the world from the Father. We believe that. But we, we, um, Francis Chan writes a, a book called The Unknown God, and it's about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, we don't talk about the Holy Spirit very much. But as we've looked through the book of Acts, we've seen how the Holy Spirit worked to empower the church. But if the Holy Spirit is in the Old Testament, we need to be able to see the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament as well. But again, this part of the triune God is the one who we don't see. It's not personified the same way we think of a person. So the father, we can envision a father. The son, we can envision the son. But the spirit, 
And the word spirit itself is like breath. You can't see it. You don't understand it, but it kind of leads and guides you and it speaks to you in ways that you might not understand. Um, sometimes we, we as Christians, we, we talk weird languages like the spirit led me here or the spirit led me there. And for people who aren't familiar with being in church, that might sound strange to them. How did the Spirit lead you? How did the Spirit give you impressions for this or that? And sometimes, I'm going to be honest, as a church, sometimes we say those things and we say them a little bit too loosely. I'll be honest with you. We'll say, the Spirit led me to do this or the Spirit led me to do that. And we can, um, like if, if someone's saying, God told me to do this, we should, as a church, be able to see how it compares to Scripture, to see if it compares to the nature of God. I remember a few years ago, Hartley, you might remember this, someone came into the church and they started telling me, God tells me this or God tells me that. And the first answer I had for them was, well, I need to hear what God told you to compare it to the Scripture. Because the, even though the Holy Spirit leads us and the Holy Spirit guides us, the Holy Spirit works with the Father and the Son. They are three persons, but they are one God, one substance. They work in unity together, which means that when the Spirit leads and guides, it's not going to con contradict the written word of God. It's not going to con contradict what God's plans are for us. So we have to hear them and put them together. This is what we as Christians would call discernment. Now, where am I going with this? We're going to be reading Proverbs, and Proverbs is all about wisdom. And whiz, discernment is a form of wisdom. So we need the Holy Spirit to speak to us, but the Holy Spirit also gives us the ability and the gift of discernment, which means to be able to know if what God's saying is true according to his word. And this is a gift like any gift that you have to learn to use if someone handed me a nice new power tool for Christmas, I would be very thankful. I would be like, yes, I get to use this and play with it like I'm a little boy at Christmas, a new toy. Right, Stuart? I know Stuart likes tools too. I saw him working at building that thing this year. He likes tools too. And, but the thing is, you don't hand a child a, a saw without teaching them how to use it properly, Right? It could be very dangerous if you don't know how to use it properly. The same thing is when it comes to the word of God or learning to hear God or being moved by the spirit. We as Christians don't want to take that loosely or lightly. We want to learn how to use those gifts appropriately so that we can know which way God is leading and guiding us. And we do that through discernment with wisdom. All right. So that's my hook for you. That's the introduction. Now we're going to read the Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 1, and we're going to learn more about wisdom here. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight. I'm going to stop there for a second. For understanding words of insight. You might come to church sometimes. Hopefully this doesn't happen very often. But Pastor Thomas does speak very quickly sometimes. I remember my mom saying to me, Thomas, that was a great message. But you got to slow down, son. You got to slow down. So I can understand sometimes you might come here and you might be like, wow, what did he say? I, 
he spoke. I remember some of the little old ladies who would encourage me when I first started preaching, and they'd say, Thomas, we didn't understand a word you said, but we could tell you spoke it with passion. We're glad you're speaking. And they encouraged me to keep trying till I got better. And I, and I believe I've refined my abilities to preach. Hopefully that you can gain understanding. But this is the goal. When we read the scripture, if you're like, ah, oh, I come to church, I don't understand a word that the pastor's saying. I don't know what they're singing about. Why am I even here? Listen, you're where God wants you to be. We come together so that we can gain understanding. It's like the children downstairs. You know why we put the children downstairs? Because if they were up here, I heard Russell on his way out. Oh, it'd be boring up here, you know? <laughs> they need to first gain understanding. Hopefully, hopefully a few years from now, he won't think I'm boring, right? Like, but he needs to gain some understanding to know what I'd even be talking about, right? That's the goal, that we would gain in understanding, that we gain wisdom and insight. And, and, and it's going to continue to tell us what it's for. It's for receiving, verse 3, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior doing what is right and just and fair. Don't we want that, church? Isn't that who we want to be as Christians? Don't we want to represent Christ well in being able to do what is right and just and fair? And I'll tell you what, just because you call yourself a Christian doesn't mean you always know what is just, right, and fair. You have to listen to the word of God. You have to gain understanding and wisdom and knowledge. These are things that you need to acquire as a Christian. Just by saying a prayer, sometimes we've taught this wrong. We say, oh, just give your heart to Jesus. Just say this sinner's prayer and everything will be right. And guess what? We want you to come to Jesus. We want you to give your heart to Jesus. We want you to follow Jesus, but it doesn't stop there. You need to gain, as the scripture says here, uh, understanding and instruction for doing what is right, just, and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge, and discre discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. So it doesn't matter if you're young or you're already wise, you can still learn more. The people who think that they know it all, I've, I, I, I turn my shoulder and look behind me and think, are you serious? Like, because the more I learn, the more I learn of how little I know, right? Like you study something, like I'm studying psychology, for those of you who didn't know, right now I'm studying to learn how to be a better counselor as a pastor. And the more I learn about how the human psyche works and how complex we are as human beings, the more I realize, wow, there's so much more to learn. And I, and I think that, that, that goes for a lot of things, that, that there's so much that we can continue to learn. So it says, let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the saying and the riddles of the wise. It's interesting that here we're gonna read proverbs and parables and riddles of the wise in the book of Proverbs. But how did Jesus speak? That's how Jesus spoke. He spoke in parables. Because sometimes if we just tell someone in plain English, it kind of goes in one ear and out the other. I know this. Clean your bedroom. It doesn't happen. It's plain English. Maybe I need to start speaking in riddles to my kids so they, they can learn to clean their room. I don't know. But Jesus said, hey, listen, I give my words to you in parables because even though you have eyes to see and ears to hear, you don't listen. And so I need to speak in almost a coded language so that you can gain a deeper understanding. Sometimes we need to hear sermons from the pastor of lessons we already know. Why? Because it 
deeper ingrains in us through stories and parables parables and sayings and poetry and music to get things. If you say, oh, pastor, I already knew this. All this stuff you're talking about, I already knew. Yeah, but don't you want to continue to add to it so that it makes you stronger and stronger and you can apply it more and more each day? Because even though I know a lot of truths, sometimes I, I struggle to apply those truths. See, there's a difference between wisdom and knowledge. The book of Proverbs is going to talk about both. Wisdom and knowledge. But there's a difference between wisdom and knowledge. Knowledge is knowing stuff, right? You can go to school for years upon years upon years and gain knowledge. What you do with that knowledge is what I would consider wisdom. Because there are very many smart people who know a lot of stuff who are not wise, who throw their lives away, who don't know how to apply their knowledge in a form of wisdom. As Christians, we actually would prefer wisdom over knowledge, even though knowledge is good and we need knowledge. But what is knowledge if we don't know what to do with it? It's better to be able to do something with the little you know then know all kinds of stuff and not know what to do with it. You following me? I, I hope I'm not losing you. Now, verse seven. Verse seven is a famous verse. It is a verse you can build the foundation of your life upon. I believe this is one of the first parables or sayings that this pro book of Proverbs builds the foundation upon, that every other saying in the book of Proverbs goes back to this saying, and it's this, the Fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. It all starts, I'll summarize this in my own words. It all starts with the fear of the Lord. You want wisdom. You want knowledge. You want understanding. You want to know what the spirit of God is saying in your life. You want the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you and give you the, the ability to live a godly life so that at the end of your life, you are proud to the fact that you have followed the Lord with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You want the spirit of God to touch you on a regular basis so that you know right from wrong and can discern what to do in tough situations, you need to first start with the fear of the Lord. You say, pastor, like, fear God? Like, be afraid of God? No, like, we, we I've preached this on, on this before, and I'm not going to preach on the fear of the Lord entirely today because I've, I've preached on it several times here. I know I have. And, and, and there's a whole other sermon that could be preached on the fear of the Lord. But the fear of the Lord is not just being afraid of God. It's a reverence. It's a respect. There is a little bit of fear in terms of the way we think of being afraid, but it's, the, it's a, afraid of not having God. It, it's it's kind of like the fear that a father wants to put in their children a little bit to say, listen, you better listen to me because there's consequences if you don't. Not that they're afraid of me. Actually, my kids, when, when they're afraid, they come to me, right? They, come, they want comfort from me. They want protection from me. That's the type of fear we get from the Lord. But, but if I tell them something and they don't do it, guess what? There should be a little bit of a fear to say there's some consequences. And it's not that I'm going to hurt them or punish them severely. It's that they know there's consequences in the end that they're not going to like. 
And the same happens in our relationship with God, that if we truly want to follow God and we go our own way, if there are things in our life or decisions that we need to make and, and we do what Thomas would say or we do what, what my brother would say or my dad would say or we go to the doctor or we go to the lawyers or we go and listen to our teachers, but we never go to God, are we truly gaining the type of understanding that God would want where it's, he's saying it starts with the fear of the Lord. I'm not saying that you shouldn't listen to doctors or, or listen to lawyers or listen to teachers or listen to your pastor. But the this reality of this scripture, it's saying it starts with the fear of the Lord. You go to God first and he will guide you to whoever need to, you need to talk to after that. He'll put intelligent, wise, discerning people in your lives, hopefully, who will help lead and guide you, but you start with the fear of the Lord. I'm going to read James chapter 1. James chapter 1. You can turn with me. Susie, do you got it up there? James chapter 1, verses 5 to 9. I'll just read it off the back here. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously without uh, finding fault and it will be given to you. Could you imagine that when you're struggling to know something, God's got the answer for you and you're trying to find it on your own all the time and he's just waiting to give it to you and he's just like, ask me, please just ask me. And, and how often... Here, Pastor Thomas is supposed to be a spiritual leader of the church. I'll be honest, there are times I'm like, man, I should have prayed first. I should have prayed first. Why did I wait to pray? I would have prevented all of this headache in my head of trying to do it my own way. I just need to go to him first. If any of you asks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously. He's waiting to give it to you. And he doesn't find fault. There's no wrong in asking. Sometimes kids are afraid to ask their parents. Oh, I was afraid to ask you because I thought my question might be stupid. A good teacher, we know this, right? Or good coaches, good teachers, they say, there's no stupid questions. And I think God says the same thing. And it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. You know why God says this? He says, hey, listen, when you come to me and you ask, I don't want you to doubt. I want you to take it and cherish what I'm going to give to you. Because if you doubt, then when it comes to applying that wisdom, you're going to have like one foot in, one foot out the door, and you're not going to be able to make that decision with faith, with, which, which means with trust. I want you to come and put your trust in me that when I tell you something, that it comes from me. The per, that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. You know, that sometimes that, that creates a little bit of fear, like, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't go to God if I'm going to have a little bit of doubt, or I'm not ready to go to God with, when I have a lot of doubt. And I would say, that's not a good way of thinking about it either. God wants us to come to him, and he doesn't want us to be double-minded. He doesn't want us to walk away from him. He wants us to stay with him, that when he tells us something, just to follow through and to do that thing that he's asked us to do. Now, there's another scripture about um, wisdom that is very interesting, and it's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Verse 20 to 31 says this, Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? 
Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since the wisdom of God, for since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. But to those whom God has called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Remember I talked about wisdom being personified? So in the Old Testament, I was telling you that in my class, they said that wisdom is the personification of the Holy Spirit. Well, Paul is telling the Christian church that wisdom is also the personification of Christ. That when you have wisdom, you have God moving in your life. Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. When you move in wisdom, you move in Christ. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were, uh, uh, what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many of you were noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of the world to despise and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. So that not one, so that no one may boast before him. It is because of God because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, it is written, let the one who boasts, boasts in the Lord. Um, I actually, you know, I'm, I told you I'm getting my master's in counseling psychology. I didn't want to do it for a long time. I didn't want to get a master's. I didn't want to get a next uh, higher education because I thought about verses like this. Uh, I thought that I don't want to boast and build pride up in myself by having letters in front of my name. Even um, in, the, uh, in this for Hans's uh, funeral, it says, uh, you know, and, and, and Susie does, did a good job putting this together. It says, Reverend Thomas Ng. And honestly, uh, I thank you for not calling me reverend, any of you. Thank you. Some of you even forget to call me pastor sometimes, and thank you for that too. I can be just Thomas to you. I'm okay with that because I don't want it to go to my head. I don't want to be someone who is proud because this verse tells us that if we boast, we boast in the Lord. If you knew me when I was just a young farm boy, you would see how I relate to this verse where Paul is saying some of you were not wise some of you were unlearned. You know, when Jesus called he, people, he called the blue collar, he called the fishermen. You know, he called the tax collector who might have, you know, Matthew might have been good uh, at math, you know. Um, but 
you could have a brain injury, you could have a, 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 a trade, be working in the trades, you might not have a, a PhD or a higher education, and God's saying you can be wiser than the most knowledgeable people in this world. You know what I thought about this week? You guys have all seen what's happening in the world today, how there's a war breaking out in the Middle East. Do you know how many smart people they have put to try to solve the problems between Palestine and Israel? And you think they could solve it? No. And you hear the news media people saying, oh, well, you just have to have this, pers- this position, a, a one-state solution or a two-state solution, or they just need to understand their ideology or they need to understand our ideology. Or No, listen, people. It's not about how much knowledge we have. It's not about trying to think the right way. When Paul recognized how they were operating, he said, hey, Jesus came and he chose the people who were unlearned to give them wisdom. Why? Because the wisdom doesn't come from yourself that you can figure it out on your own. It's a wisdom that comes from God that only he could give you, which means any of you can have that wisdom. I once looked at a church when I was looking um, for my first church to apply for. I looked at different churches and there was one church uh, that had multiple PhDs and master levels uh, in their church profile of people in the congregation who had these higher educations. And I had just come out of Bible college and I was like, not taking that church. (laughs) I'm not applying there. And the reality is, maybe I should have considered it. I I didn't, I'm glad where I am today and and the way the Lord guided me, but I went to a backwoods church up near Cloyne where a lot of people had uh, barely struggled to get through their high school education. And guess what? Those people are just as close to God and having wisdom as those with the higher educations. And I'm not trying to crush those who have higher education. Obviously, I'm pursuing one myself, so I think there is some benefit to a higher education. I'm just saying wisdom is different. Wisdom from God is a gift from God that he wants to give to those who ask. And so why wouldn't we ask? This is the Holy Spirit. This is Jesus personified wanting to move through your life. Shouldn't you stop and ask, Lord, give me wisdom in these situations? I think we would prevent a lot of heartache in our lives heartache in our lives if we instead of rushing into a situation we first ask God for wisdom before we entered into that situation I can tell you some of the best decisions that me and my wife and my family have made has been when we stopped and we prayed and we asked God for wisdom first some of the more foolish decisions we've ever made was when we said hey we're just going to go and do this because we we think it's right I hope today that hearing what I've preached that you have just a desire for more wisdom. Again, maybe my sermon today didn't teach you anything new, but I hope that you have a desire to ask, a desire to seek. I'm going to continue to preach through the book of Proverbs, picking different selections from the passages that I think are applicable to us. And I hope as we go through this book of Proverbs, we, the Holy Spirit would give us the wisdom we need for living godly lives. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day, and we thank you that you can give us wisdom here and now. And Lord, I don't know what everybody's going through, 
Everybody has different struggles. Everybody has different burdens. And maybe there's some choices that even need to be made today. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would give us the discernment and the wisdom that we need to get through today. And for choices that need to be made on life's journey through the next coming weeks, through the next years, as um, Lord, we need your help. There are many parents in this room today, grandparents. Lord, we need wisdom on how to raise these children. Lord, we want our children to grow in wisdom. We were reading that a few weeks ago about Jesus, how you grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. And we want our children to grow in the same way, to be wise, to make wise choices, to avoid evil in their lives. And so, Lord, help us as parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles and friends, to lead in a way that demonstrates what it looks like to be a wise follower of Christ. And in order to lead that way, we have to have your wisdom. So give it to us, Lord, we ask. In Jesus' name we pray, Lord, that you would give us wisdom. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.